right, everybody. Welcome to the Rightly Dividing Podcast. Uh, this is actually the first episode of the podcast that is actually recorded as a podcast episode. Uh, all my former episodes that are all re- that are out there on the channel, those were actually recorded as YouTube videos, and I just pulled the audio and posted them on here. Uh, and that's why in some of those I refer to previous videos and things like that. Hopefully that wasn't confusing for anybody. But uh, going forward, this will be strictly a podcast. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm putting a few things out on Instagram and things like that. But as far as this type of content, these lessons, I'm doing them as podcast episodes rather than YouTube videos, just simply because I feel like it's going to be a lot more manageable and a lot more doable for me. If I'm going to be completely honest, the YouTube channel, it got to be a lot and I burn out really quick, not because of trying to put lessons together, not because of trying to come up with content or anything like that, but just the amount of work that goes into producing a video was just insane with the lighting and the camera and the editing and all of that. Whereas I feel like with a podcast, I can just sit down and I can just say what I'm thinking. I can throw, I can, I can throw out the lesson. I can do stuff like this where I'm stumbling over my words right now and not feel like that's something I have to get edited out. Whereas when I was doing the videos, I felt like everything had to be perfect and professional and I I was spending so much time and it was, it was rough. Uh, but going forward, I want it to be a little more conversational and I want it to be just, you know, me talking to you, giving you the information and you know what, if it's not perfectly polished, you know what, who cares? I'm not perfectly polished. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend that I am and I'm not going to waste hours and hours and hours of my time trying to make it look like I am, uh, just so I can put out a YouTube video. I'm just going to make a podcast and I'm going to put it out there. But you know, Hey, with, with that said, there are going to be times still that I say something wrong or that I get tongue tied bad enough or go on a rabbit trail or start a sentence that I don't know how I'm going to finish it. And I get stuck and I'm going to have to stop and start over and I'm still going to have to edit and stuff like that. But you know what? I feel like it's still going to be a lot more doable for me. And if I can do it and I can still get these lessons out, that's going to beat not doing anything at all. And I want to say that I am thrilled that you are here. I really appreciate you joining me uh, and and listening to this. It has been a burden on my heart uh, that I have really felt like God laid on my heart to do my best to teach God's word and the truth of scripture and good sound doctrine from the Bible and show people what the Bible actually says on issues and teach it as plainly and simply as possible so that anybody can understand it. And you know, you're not going to be confused by it. I'm not going to use a whole bunch of big words and things like that. Just teach the Bible. And I, I have felt that burden really strong. And so I, I want to do the best that I can at this. And so I'm really appreciative that you are here. I want to rightly divide the word of God. And, uh, that's why I named the channel this, uh, and there's there's a misconception with rightly dividing. Most people seem to think that rightly dividing means you know parsing out the scriptures, you know you know uh, looking for context and clues and, and putting pieces together and you know breaking it down. That's not what rightly dividing means. Rightly dividing, when Paul was writing to Timothy and said, "Study to show thyself approved." a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When he said rightly dividing the word of truth, he wasn't talking about breaking it down or anything like that. Rightly dividing was a figure of speech used in the Greek at that time that basically meant cut a straight path, uh, make a straight cut, 
So that's why it's dividing, like the way you would divide a piece of wood. You're going to cut that piece of wood with a straight line. And it was just a figure of speech that meant teach the truth plainly and directly. And that's what I want to do. I want to teach the truth plainly and directly. That is my one goal for this podcast is to teach the truth of God's word plainly and directly. But you know what? That's not the topic of this episode. The topic of this episode, I want to talk to you guys about salvation. I, I've prayed about what to what to make this lesson on, and, and I do that anytime I make one of these. I pray about what God would have me to talk about and what God would have me to say, and I felt him lay this on my heart. I want to start off uh, with these podcast episodes and just talk about salvation, not to say and not not even just to get on here and preach and say, hey, you need to be saved or to get on here and say, hey, you are saved, but to just talk about what salvation is, because I it seems like the more I look around, I see more and more people who are actually confused about what salvation even means, what it actually even is when they say, hey, I'm saved. They say that and they've been told that and they believe that. But do they even know what they're saying when they say that they're saved, when they say they have salvation. It seems like there are a lot of misunderstandings about what salvation even is. So I just want to address the topic itself of salvation. Uh, and one of those misconceptions that I see a lot is that salvation is just a synonym for forgiveness, that I'm forgiven of my sins. And it's as simple as that I'm saved. And, and all that means is I'm forgiven. But that's not true. And don't fall out with me. There's going to be a lot of people who who buck up against saying, you know, wait a minute. What are you are you saying that being saved doesn't mean you're forgiven? I'm not saying that being saved means you're not forgiven. If you are saved, you have been forgiven. So don't get me wrong there. Forgiveness of sins is part of salvation, but that's not all that salvation is. Salvation is more than just being forgiven of your sins. It's much more than that. It's it's not just a clearing of our record. Okay, salvation isn't just, okay, God gives you a free pass because you asked him to forgive you of your sins and now you're saved because he just gives you a free pass and now you've got this get out of jail free card. Salvation's not a jail get out or <laughs> a jail get out of free card. Salvation is not a get out of jail free card. That's not what it is. Salvation is being reconciled unto God. And that involves a whole lot more than a simple pardon of our misdeeds. It's reconciliation unto God. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Colossians chapter one, uh, starting in verse 19, it says, for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell. It's talking about Jesus and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled for in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. That's salvation, reconciliation unto God, because sin separated us from God. Our sin separates us from God and we cannot be reconciled to God with sin in our hearts not just sin on our records, but sin in our hearts. Sin in our hearts separates us 
from God. So Jesus died on the cross because it pleased the Father that through Jesus, by his blood, we would be reconciled unto God. That's what it says. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell and having made peace through the blood of his cross, the having made peace the, the blood of the cross making peace for us, it pleased the Father that by Jesus to reconcile all things unto himself. And you go on down to verse 21, it says, and you that were sometime, and that sometime doesn't mean sometimes, you know, here and there on, on a semi-regular basis, that's not what it means, but sometime means, you know, at one time or once upon a time, you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Your wicked works made you enemies to God. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. In the sight of God, we are holy if you are saved. If you are saved, then in the sight of God, you are unblameable. You are unreprovable. Because the blood of Christ has purchased our reconciliation, has brought peace between us and God and separated us from our wicked works. That's salvation. Now, I want to clarify, we're not saved by good works. I'm not about to teach that in this lesson. Salvation is not achieved by our good works, but we are saved unto good works. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved unto good works. And that statement is not legalism. Repentance is not legalism. Separation from sin is not legalism. You look at Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, it says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. We know that we believe that legalism is saying that you're saved by works, but we know that by grace, we are saved through faith for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I'm not a legalist. I do believe that we are saved by grace through faith and not by works, lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We're saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by our works, but we are saved by grace because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So you understand the difference there. Legalism says, I am saved by my works. Grace says, I have works because of my salvation. So that's what I want to clarify. But now that I have clarified the obvious, let's get on with the lesson and get back to talking about what salvation is. In John chapter three, Jesus describes salvation as being born again. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and came to him and Jesus talking to him, it says in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You say, okay, well, he's talking about being born again. He's not talking about being saved. No, no, no. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if you can't even see the kingdom of God without being born again, being born again is being saved. That's what it is. But then in verse four, Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit 
is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So Jesus is talking about salvation here, and he describes it as being born again. It's a new birth. Jesus showed salvation to be a new life being born of the spirit. We're already born of the flesh, but to be saved, to have salvation is to be born of the spirit. And Paul also makes this principle abundantly clear that to be saved is to be a new creation in Christ. Our deeds aren't just forgotten. Our deeds aren't just pardoned, but our very nature is changed. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. If you are saved, you are not the person you used to be. If you have salvation, you are not the sinner you used to be. You are not the wicked man you used to be. You are not the fallen creation you used to be. You are a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And then look at verse 18. I love it. He says, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So I started off with this talking about reconciliation. We went to Colossians chapter one, talking about how that God, by having made peace through the blood of Christ, through Christ reconciled us unto himself because sin separated us and God wanted to reconcile us back to himself. And the only way to do that is to remove sin from us and deliver us from our sin. So now in 1 Corinthians five, we see that God has reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and, and he reiterates that and talks about how that he's not imputing our trespasses on us because he has reconciled us. And he's calling us to call others unto that reconciliation. But then he wraps it up by saying, for he hath made him to be sin for us. In other words, Christ died on the cross so that our sins could die. He became sin for us on the cross. He took our sins to the cross that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We might be made the righteousness of God. He does not save us to leave us the way we are and just give us a get out of jail free card. He doesn't save us just to you know, scribble a, 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 the word pass on our record or to just give us a, a ticket so that we can ride the train to glory land. That's not what salvation is. Salvation is taking a wicked sinner and making them the very righteousness of God by the power of Christ's blood and the reconciliation that he purchased on the cross. That's what salvation is. It's taking the old man, killing him, and making you a new creature. That's the whole point of baptism. That's the whole image and picture of baptism is that the old man dies with Christ, is buried, and risen again as a new creation in Christ with new life in him, and that life being that of Christ. 
Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. In other words, I've died, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Salvation is being dead to yourself, being dead to the flesh, being dead to your sin, dying out. The old man's gone and the life that I now have isn't even my own, but it's the life of Christ in me. Christ living through me, living by the faith of the Son of God. That's salvation, being made a new creature. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 24 says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we, walk, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh and the affections and lusts. If you're saved, if you're in Christ, you've crucified the flesh. If you've not crucified the flesh, if you're still living to sin, if you're continuing in sin, if you've not repented of sin, you're not saved. I don't say that to be judgmental. I don't say that to, to condemn anyone. I'm just diagnosing the situation because salvation by its very nature is repentance that God completes in our hearts. We've got to have a repentant heart. We've got to have a repentant spirit. We've got to be sorry, but we can't complete the work of repentance. God does that in us and for us. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is God coming in when we believe on Christ and call on the name of the Lord because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that salvation is the completion of your repentance. He does the work in your heart. He does what you cannot do, which is to take that sin out of your heart, deliver you from it, take you out of it and make you a new creature and make you the very righteousness of God. But people today think that being saved just means, oh, I'm saved from hell. I'm saved, that means I go to heaven. That's all being saved is, is it means that I asked Jesus to let me go to heaven and now I can go to heaven. I asked Jesus not to send me to hell and now I'm not going to go to hell. Being saved means I don't go to hell. That's not what being saved is. Now that is a consequence of being saved. Going to heaven is a consequence of being saved. Getting out of hell is a consequence of being saved, but that's not what being saved is. Being saved does not mean I am saved from hell. It means I am saved from the sin that was taking me to hell. Because people don't just go to hell just for no reason by default. People go to hell because of sin in their hearts. People go to hell because of the sinfulness and wickedness in their lives and in their spirits. Because they live after the flesh. Because they live for themselves. Because they're disobedient and rebellious unto God. That's why people go to hell. But now I get to go to heaven not because I've been saved from hell. But because I've been saved from the very sin that was taking me there. And so we see here that scripture paints a very clear picture that salvation is not a pardon for the old man. Salvation is the death of the old man and the birth of the new man so that we are made a new creature. And now I'm reconciled unto God because I'm not the man I was. I'm reconciled unto God because the old man's dead and now I'm a new creature and the life that I have in me is Christ. Now I'm going to heaven, not because the old man is just pardoned. I'm going to heaven because the old man's dead and I'm not him anymore. I'm somebody new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I want to finish this up by looking at three verses in Titus chapter three. Titus three, verse three, he says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Again, sometimes not meeting, you know, once, you know, every once in a while, but sometimes as in at time past, at one point, at one time, we were sometimes foolish, 
disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Once upon a time, that's what we were. We ourselves, me. I once upon a time was foolish. I was disobedient. I was deceived. I was serving divers' lusts and pleasures. I was living in malice and envy. I was hateful and hating one another. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Again, I'm not talking about legalism. We didn't earn this. We didn't, you can't, and, and you'll never be able to do enough works to achieve this on your own. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. According to his mercy, he saved us by, okay, now remember, we're saved by grace through faith, but that grace that saves us through faith, what is that actually occurring when we receive that grace that, that we get to through faith, what, what happens? What, what actually occurs? What does God do to us? According to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So not just an expungement of our record, not just a pardon, not just you know mere forgiveness, but the washing. In other words, it, it, it's cleansed off of us, but the washing of regeneration, not even just washing, but the washing of regeneration, regeneration, meaning you are regenerated. The old thing is gone and you come back as something new and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost renews you. A lot of people think that the only role the Holy Ghost plays in salvation is that he convicts the sinner and draws them to the altar where they'll come pray. That's not the only thing the Holy Ghost is active in when it comes to your salvation experience. Jesus bought your salvation on the cross. Jesus purchased our salvation. The Holy Ghost performs our salvation unto us. Because when you're regenerated, when you're renewed, when you're sanctified at salvation, when the blood of Jesus Christ washes you, it's the Holy Ghost washing you in that blood. It's the Holy Ghost purging you. It's the Holy Ghost regenerating you. It's the Holy Ghost renewing you, making those old things pass away and making all things new again. You become a new creature because you're washed of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So again, yes, being saved does mean we go to heaven. We are heirs according to the hope of eternal life. But the reason we're heirs according to the hope of eternal life is because of the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost that according to his mercy, he saved us by those things. That's what salvation is. It's not just a free pass. It's not a get out of jail free card. Salvation is a new birth. It's becoming a new creation. It's regeneration. It's renewal of the Holy Ghost. Salvation is new life in Christ with whom we are crucified. Salvation is not something to be taken for granted. Salvation is something to rejoice in. Salvation is something to worship for. Salvation is something to relish. Salvation is something to praise God for. But it is so much more than just a pass. Salvation is better 
than just a pass. Can you imagine if the whole hope of the gospel was just that you're going to be the same person you've always been? You're going to you're going to act and do the same things you've always done. There's not going to be any change in your heart. There's not going to be any change in your spirit. You're going to be the same old person. You're going to do the same old things. You're going to have the same old spirit. Nothing about you is going to be any different except that God just forgives you and accepts you who you are. You can keep on sinning. That's going to be the that and and the only thing that changes is where you spend eternity. This life would be wretched. You know why there's so many self-help books and and, and all the, and there's a whole industry devoted to helping people better themselves. It's because people aren't happy with who they are. Can you imagine if God himself allowed Jesus to die on the cross and didn't even make a way for people to change? I praise God that salvation isn't just a clerical maneuver on God's part to put a stamp on us and say, okay, you're fine. But I praise God that salvation is an experience where the old man dies, old things pass away and all things become new. I am washed. I am regenerated. I am renewed by the Holy Ghost. I am made a new creature. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth within me. Praise God for real, true salvation. All right, guys, I thank you so much for bearing with me through this lesson. I know I got a little bit preachy. Uh, it wasn't so much a, a Bible study as much as it was a sermon this time, but I felt like teaching this. I felt like bringing that out and showing those scriptures and trying to dispel the misconception that that's all that salvation is, is just a pass into heaven or a ticket to the train or whatever, but it really truly is making you a new creation, making you something new in Christ Jesus. So thank you very much. Two weeks from now, we'll have a new episode. Uh, my goal for this year is to have a new episode on the podcast every other Tuesday. So I'm going to try to have these out on Tuesday mornings. Uh, there might be rare occasions if I get busy or something goes wrong that they might come out on a Wednesday or Thursday, but I'm shooting for every other Tuesday morning. So two weeks from when this episode came out on Tuesday morning, there should be another one. I hope you'll join us again next time. For now, God bless you and we'll see you there.